And our gospel reading comes to us from Luke's gospel from the 11th chapter. He was praying in a certain place, and after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins, as forgive, uh, for we ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us, and do not bring us to the time of trial. And he said to them, suppose one of you has a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves of bread, for a friend of mine has arrived and I have nothing to set before him. And he answers from within, do not bother me, the door has already been locked and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, at least because of his persistence, he will get up and give him whatever he needs. So I say to you, ask and it will be given you. Search and you will find, knock and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives and everyone who searches finds and for everyone who knocks the door will be opened. Is there not anyone among you who, if your child asks for a fish, will give a snake instead of a fish? Or if the child asks for an egg, will give a, a scorpion? If then you who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? This is the Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? Holy God, you have a word for us today, a word of comforts and a word of challenge, a word of hope and a word of guidance for our lives. Make our hearts soft and plant this word in us that it may bear fruit through our lives. Amen. Prayer. Prayer is such a fascinating and mysterious thing, isn't it? It's so incredibly simple that anyone can do it, and yet, at the same time, it's far beyond our understanding. And most of us who are Christians pray regularly, probably. Probably many of you pray even daily. In fact, we do it so often, sometimes maybe we start to even take it for granted. I confess that I probably don't teach about or talk about prayer as much as I could or should, but today the gospel invites us to dive deeper into prayer as the disciples ask, teach us to pray. So it makes me want to ask the question, where did you first learn to pray? Who was it that taught you how to pray? When I think about this, my first memories of prayer are with my family and my siblings and my parents before bed. In particular, particularly, I remember uh, saying the Lord's Prayer together each night, this prayer we learned in Scripture today. And we tend to try and pass these practices on to our own children. We've done this in our family. We try to teach our kids to pray. And when they were little, we, when they were much younger, we tried to keep it quite simple. We just start by saying, dear God, and then we would say, we thank you for and leave some space. And they would name things that we're thankful for. And then we ask for, and we would name things that we want to ask God. And then in Jesus' name, we pray and amen with some gusto, we would say. And sometimes kids say the silliest things, right? But sometimes the most beautiful and profound things. I was digging around this line or this week online and I found uh, some kids' prayers, things that kids have prayed that folks shared that I thought were maybe worth taking a second to share with you. Um, so I'm going to put some of these on the screen for us this morning. Dear God, are you really invisible or is that a trick? 
Dear God, I went to a wedding and they kissed right up in church. Is that okay? Uh, please forgive me for hiding my sister's favorite doll, and please don't tell her where it is. That's my favorite. Dear God, I need you to make my mom not allergic to cats. I really want a cat, and I don't want to ask my mom to move out. <laughs> Dear God, I pray that Darth Vader and stormtroopers would be good and not bad. Very important. Uh, Dear God, did you mean for giraffes to look like that, or was that an accident? So beautiful, aren't they? And as we get older, as we grow, our, our prayers can grow with us, taking on more seriousness, more depth. Here are, and here the disciples ask, teach us to pray like John taught his disciples. And at first this might seem like an odd request coming from the disciples. You might be, we might be thinking, well, don't they already know how to pray? Are these guys denser than we thought? What's going on here? But of course they could pray already. They probably, almost certainly, they prayed regularly. So what were they asking Jesus? They were asking how to pray. They wanted to grow in their prayer. They wanted to learn to pray like Jesus prayed, to learn to pray in ways that were more rich and powerful, more transformative and deeper. And so when I think of it maybe like this, all of us here know how to pray, right? But there's this interesting thing that happens when I'm with a group of people or in a meeting or something here at Good Shepherd, and, and I might say, okay, who wants to open us with a word of prayer? This amazing thing happens. Everyone at the same time wonders if their shoes are tied, and they look down like this, and there's this kind of awkwardness. Or if I say, hey, Billy, how about you open us with a word of prayer? Maybe that person named Billy will freeze and say, if I stand still enough, the pastor can't see me anymore right? Okay, not always. Sometimes people, many of you are great to open and pray and things, but we have different ways in which we're comfortable or less comfortable. The point is we all have room to grow in prayer, right? We all have room to grow in our ability or our comfort or our confidence or our understanding. The thing is, prayer is not just something you either do or don't do. Prayer is a spiritual practice in which we're all growing, Prayer isn't something you either do or don't do. It's a spiritual practice that we're all growing in. I think about it like this. It's, it's almost like learning to cook. At first, you might just know when you're a kid how to pull a, pour a bowl of cereal with some milk, right? And that's a big accomplishment. But then as you get older, maybe you can make mac and cheese following those directions or ramen noodles, staples in our house these days. But as you get older, maybe you start to make more complex things following recipes that are complicated. Maybe you get really into baking, and maybe that's like people who are really gifted at praying in public. Or maybe you go into a different area. Maybe you're really good at grilling and smoking meat. Maybe that's like some people are really good at praying for others in need. Or maybe you get really into cooking and you can be creative and combine all these different ingredients to make these rich, complex, and creative meals. Maybe that's like those who get into contemplative prayer or meditative prayer, drawing near to God. What about you? How are you growing in your prayer life? And maybe what's holding you back? Like the disciples show their desire to grow in prayer, I too want all of us to be growing in prayer all the time. Because when we grow in prayer, amazing things start to happen in our hearts. When we grow in prayer, amazing things can happen in our lives. When we're able to grow in prayer, we experience God in new or in deeper ways. When we grow in prayer, we also experience a new depth, new dimensions to our relationships with one another. 
in astounding ways. So what does prayer look like at Good Shepherd? What are some of the ways we do this? Well, uh, many of these you probably already know, but maybe not all of them. You know, we pray in worship each week for people by name, those who have asked for our prayers. People send in prayer requests either by calling the office or in the mobile app. And right there in the app, there's also a list of those that are on our prayer list that have asked for prayers that you can pray through throughout the week. In staff meetings each week, we talk about prayer requests and we we pray for those people who've asked for prayers by name. Our prayer shawl ministry gathers in in this tangible way, a very hands-on way to gather in prayer and make a difference in people's lives. There's a Lectio Divina group that meets to dwell in the Word and pray on Mondays and Pastor Amy has put out some great guided prayer practices you can listen through on the mobile app as well. We have a prayer labyrinth up on the hill outside. I don't know how many of you knew we have this prayer labyrinth, this ancient practice uh, that's outdoors to help center your soul. Uh, I recommend you check it out, but maybe not this afternoon. It might be a little hot, <laughs> but some other time. It's, it's beautiful. We just started a few weeks ago this new practice of gathering with all of those helping with different aspects of worship beforehand Uh, to pray together before our worship services. These are just some of the ways that prayer is woven into the fabric of our spiritual life here at Good Shepherd. So what does Jesus teach his disciples in our reading about prayer in their worlds? Well, first, of course, Jesus gives them some very specific words, right? Some very intentional words, the Lord's Prayer. And he gives them with this, not just these specific words, but in that he teaches us a pattern to pray as well, beginning with a reminder of who God is. Hallowed be your name. God is holy. Reminding them next about God's kingdom. So before we get into other things, we're rooted in these, this perspective before moving into our personal petitions, the things we ask, and then seeking God's forgiveness and God's leadership, and then finally praying for God's protection in our lives as we go out into the world Lead us not into temptation, deliver us from evil. Words that are so simple that we can repeat them every day and yet so profound and sacred that they continue impacting us 2,000 years later. It's remarkable. One of the things that I get to experience with the Lord's Prayer sometimes is when I get to go out and visit our folks that are homebound or in nursing homes, I'm amazed there's these times when maybe someone has memory issues or they struggle to communicate and, and might not be able to engage in much and we'll go through the communion liturgy and, and might have very little response, but then when we get to this part of that liturgy we start to, and I start to pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. There's another voice that joins and he prays along with me because these words matter and make an impact on our hearts that never goes away. And beyond these words, Jesus goes into some deeper things about prayer today too, doesn't he? Encourages us to be persistent in our prayer and reminding his disciples of God's goodness. But there's one verse, however, that I think can sometimes be challenging for us that I want to acknowledge this morning. I'm going to put that on the screen here. It's uh, Luke 11, verse 9. It says, So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Search and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened for you. Sometimes this verse is great comfort, but have you ever prayed for a miracle that didn't come and then wondered why? Have you ever experienced pain or heartache and then wondered, is God really hearing my prayers? Or have you ever prayed for healing, but that healing never came? Maybe if that's been your experience, you hear this verse in in Scripture today and wonder, Jesus, what's the deal? What's going on? How can you say this? 
And while I don't have all of the answers to the disconnect we might sometimes feel between Jesus' words here and our lived experience, there are a couple of verses that I think help shed some light on this. The first is Matthew 26, 39. When Jesus is praying in the garden the night of his arrest, he says this, My Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me, but not what I want, but what you want. Which tells us that even Jesus himself experienced this struggle of wanting one thing, but then a different outcome happens. And the second verse is John eleven thirty five. Jesus wept. This tells us that even Jesus himself experienced loss and grief. Prayer can be so simple and so beautiful, yet it can be so vast and mysterious. There's so much I don't know, but here is what I do know. Prayer may not always change the external circumstances, but prayer always changes our hearts when we pray. Prayer might not always bring the miracle that we long for, but prayer always brings a deeper awareness of God's presence in our lives. And it got me thinking, what happens? What happens if prayer, if conversation with God is the very first thing on our minds when we awake in the morning and the last thing on our hearts before we drift off to sleep at night? What does that do to us? It's, I think, impossible to overestimate the psychological and emotional benefits of this, of prayer being the first and the last before we, when we wake and before we sleep. Imagine if day after day after day throughout our whole lives, instead of worry or anxiety or fear or anger, we rest in gratitude. We experience love and peace, knowing that we are not alone, and even if we're not in control, we know that we are in the care of one who will never leave us. Because prayer may not always change the circumstances, but prayer always changes the hearts of those who pray. And sometimes we need reminders, though, right? One of my uh, practices that I have in my life is um, this, this ring on my finger. I've maybe talked about this before. When I graduated seminary, my wife, Gail, who's uh, immensely thoughtful, bought me this very inexpensive but very profound gift. It's a ring. It's a little scratched and battered up right now. It has some Greek words on it from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. It says, pray without ceasing. And I love it because every time I see it, I'm reminded to stop, to pause, and to pray. Now, you might be thinking, but Josh, you're a pastor. You shouldn't really need that. Like, isn't it in your job description to pray? And it literally is in my job description to pray. But I forget. I get distracted. I get overwhelmed, right? And this is a daily reminder that I see and I go, oh, I need to pause, take a deep breath, and remember I'm not alone. What is that for you? What are those things in your life? This week, I want to encourage you to find a way, whatever that is, to grow in your prayer life. And that's going to mean something different for all of us, right? But, but set, set a goal. Try and implement maybe a new practice or a new rhythm or something. Whatever that is, I encourage you to think of some way that you want to grow in prayer and then try and put that into practice. And then maybe even share that with someone in your life about what you're trying to do so you can check in later and see how that's going and what kind of difference that it's made. I think prayer is so important today because I'm worried about this world that we live in. I'm worried about the disconnection that, that we're experiencing and feeling. I'm worried about all the, the disillusionment and all the hopelessness that's out there in the world and in our hearts sometimes. But prayer is powerful. Prayer is rejuvenating. Prayer connects us and, and it helps us to see more clearly and it, it brings hope into our lives again. 
So my prayer is that you would experience God and others in new and profound ways in the week ahead through the power of prayer. May the Holy Spirit guide your prayers and may you see God at work in your life and in the world around you this week. Let us pray. Holy and gracious God, we give you thanks that you give us the gift of prayer and you teach us to pray. And more than anything, uh, we are humbled and in awe that you, the creator of the universe, would hear us whenever we pray, wherever and however we pray. God, as we go into the week ahead, may your spirit uh, fill our hearts, uh, lead us in prayer, help us to take time to find that space uh, to connect with you, to connect with others, and to uh, have some new, renewed and new hope. Lord, we give you thanks and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.